All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Everybody, thank you for joining us. I'm Johnny Cash. That's one of the best movies, Tim. The Johnny Cash one, Walk the Line. I, I've been listening to a lot of Johnny Cash lately, and I don't know why, but it's just he's been in my uh, my playlist for our, the last week or so. Very good, very good uh, musician. Anyways, thanks for joining us. I'm John Scott. This is Tim Worsberger, and you're listening to Dropping the Gloves. What's up, Tim? You look like you're just dying to say something. No, I, I like Johnny Cash, too. I just listened to a podcast on him last week, and I was thinking about that movie, and it is really good. And I was also thinking about how Joaquin Phoenix is, where did you put him, the top five actors alive right now? Actors, like, active? Is he's he so alive? Good. He's alive. Yeah. Because yeah, he's good. Joker, Gladiator. He's got to be up there. He, he, he's really good. And he was really good in that movie, too. That was, if you haven't seen it, go and get that movie. To walk the line. Start to finish. Just... You're crying, you're fired up, you're engaged, you're entertained, you're laughing. It's just every emotion they touch on in that movie. It's a good movie. Elvis makes a cameo. Elvis has a new movie coming out. Do you see that? The Elvis biopic or the movie about Elvis? They're doing a bunch of those now. There's a, there's a ton in the works. I feel like they're just trying to recapture the Johnny Cash one. It's not the guy who plays Elvis. It looks like he's got Botox injections all over his face and he looks weird. I didn't like it. Well, they, I didn't like the way he looked because I saw the preview. I went and saw Father Stew with Mark Wahlberg, which just was it has too much swearing in it for my, you know, my taste. It was an OK movie. I wouldn't see it again, but we saw it um, and they did a preview of the Elvis thing. And the whole time I was distracted, I'm like Elvis looks terrible. It looks like he's got Botox injections all over his face. I couldn't concentrate on the actual story and it just ruined it for me. It's like, does everybody just get plastic surgery all the time now everybody looks weird in hollywood so i don't know whatever moving on there was a lot of action that happened last night tim a lot of solidifications the crystal ball became a little more clear as who's in the nhl playoffs who's not making a playoffs i think we can firmly say we got the 16 teams that are going to make the playoffs i think vegas Biggest collapse in most recent history of an NHL team that had such high expectations. I don't want to hear the injuries. 
blah, blah, blah. Other teams have had injuries. The Penguins get just ravaged with injuries every single year. So I don't want to hear people saying, well, there was injuries all year long. That's why they didn't make the playoffs. They play in the worst division in hockey, the Pacific division. They had that benefit of playing those terrible teams. They should have found a way. They should have found a way to win hockey hockey games. They didn't. This is one of the biggest flops, letdowns, just choke jobs from a whole NHL team in recent memory. I can't think of a team with higher expectations that didn't even make the playoffs. Like maybe the Montreal Uh, Canadiens winning the Stanley Cup or going to the Stanley Cup finals and missing this year. But that was a fluke last year. Who who has missed the playoffs? That was a bigger, you know, expectations, Tim. Come on. Why why aren't the Islanders Islanders talking about that way? They were uh, an Eastern Conference final. This is a team that people had marked like finally beating uh, Tampa Bay, taking it to the maybe a deep cup run this year. No one's talking yeah. about them. I, I think they just, for whatever reason, have been garbage all season long. The Vegas Knights went out and they got Jack Eichel. They made that splashy trade. This was a year for them. And I think there's just so many good teams in the East. People just forgot about the Islanders. There were so many talking points. It's like, well, gosh, Carolina's having a good year. Florida's picked up a lot of good players. Toronto, this is your year to get over the hump. Tampa Bay, maybe they win three, three in a row. And then the Islanders just got lost in the shuffle. But when you look out West, it's like, okay, Colorado, they're always good. Where's Vegas? Where are they? They, they were Colorado's just kind of Batman and Robin or who, who's Batman's nemesis, Mr. Freeze or J- Joker. Joker. We should say Joker, Mr. Joaquin Freeze. Phoenix. <clears throat> Joaquin Phoenix. So they were, they were Colorado's team that they had to get by to make the Stanley cup finals. And all of a sudden you look at the standings, holy moly, what a letdown. So yes, they played the Dallas Stars last night in almost a deciding game. Whoever would have won that game would have been in really good position to make the playoffs. Dallas ekes it out in a shootout. <clears throat> Vegas whimpers in a loss. Once again, they have their whole cast of players. Laner wasn't there. Logan Thompson still played pretty good. They still couldn't get it done. Dallas Stars win. Dallas makes the playoffs. And away we go. What else is going on, Tim? What are we talking about today? Well, yeah, so there's a, there's a bunch of scenarios that kind of, like you said, the crystal ball got more clear. There's really only one spot up left for grab. So a couple other couple other big ones. The L.A. Kings clinched, and officially you're going to play the Edmonton Oilers in the first round, which we all knew was going to happen. I think that'll be a fun matchup to keep an eye on. You Another think that'll be one. a fun matchup? You can honestly sit here with a straight face and lie to our listeners right off the bat and say hey, that'll be a fun matchup. Any, any matchup – that has Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl is going to be a fun one to watch. I don't care how you slice it. But I don't think saying the Kings are a fun matchup with them. I think this is going to be, it'll be a one side of the fair. I think the Edmonton Oilers are just, they're tickled pink that they get to play the LA Kings in the first round. So to say this is a fun matchup, Tim, uh, that's, a, that's a little bit much. You know, the Edmonton Oilers, they'll be the home team. They'll get the benefit of not having to travel initially. They'll, they'll hopefully win the first two games at home, go to L.A., maybe split, then come back home and finish it up for game five. It's going to be a quick series. I think Edmonton is going to outmatch the L.A. Kings. That is on my short list for upset in round one, that matchup right there. I haven't decided yet. I'm not there yet. But that one's – I got that in my eye. I'd circle in the calendar. Really? Well, it's, it's tough to really pick an upset in the first round the way the matchups are set. The only upsets could be if a wild card team beats a first round team because the other two matchups, the other four matchups, excuse me, I could see any team winning. Minnesota, St. Louis, yes. Edmonton, LA, uh, not so much, but Rangers, Pittsburgh, 
Pittsburgh and Toronto, Tampa Bay, any one of those teams, I, I would not be surprised if they come out with a W, but I think where you're going to have to do an upset, Tim, to really, you know, move the needle, a wild card team has to win. You got to pick one of those teams. If you're going to really go out on a ledge, you can't just say, Ooh, upset LA beats Edmonton. It's not going to cut it on dropping the gloves, Tim. It's not. You got to bring that to the when table. You, you just called it a one-sided affair. And now you're saying it's not an upset if the other team wins. It won't be because they're so like they finished within four points of each other. It's not an upset. Very. No, you got to pick a wild okay. card over a first round, Tim. I think that would be a bigger upset than Bruins over Carolina. Are you crazy? Other- Carolina's got 114 points. Mm, they don't have a goalie. And they, no, you see, I, do you not watch hockey? Anti Ranta's on the mend. Freddie Anderson said he'll be back. They, their goaltender issues are they're cured. It took two days and they're back in business. They're back. And they don't even need a goalie. They beat the Rangers the other night just quite decisively. So decidedly. So Tim. are you telling me that you think you you think it's more likely that the Hurricanes will beat the Bruins than the Oilers will beat the Kings? No, I'm not saying that, but I don't. What I'm saying is if you want to pick an upset, you can't just pick the LA Kings and Edmonton Oilers being an upset because they're so close in points. They're separated by four points. The Hurricanes and the Bruins are separated by 10. So I think a bigger upset would be the Boston Bruins beating the Carolina Hurricanes when the Hurricanes are, you know, a stone's throw away from being the president's trophy. Whereas the LA Kings beating the Oilers, I don't think is that big of an upset. Do you even believe what you're saying? I do. And I think it's the truth. Every two, three matchup, I don't think is an upset. It's just like going into March Madness, Mick. Upset alert. Nine's going to beat eight. Upset alert. It's like, no, you got to pick a 15 over a two. You, you can't just it's upset, circle this one. Tim, come on. We're better than that. I'm just teasing. I just want to give you a hard time today. I do. Uh, what can I say? I'm in one of those moods. What are we doing? This? So the LA Kings clinched. They're playing Edmonton in the first round. What else do we know about the Western Conference, Tim? Yeah, another team clinched last night. The Nashville Predators clinched, even though they lost in overtime to the Flames, just the way that it that it worked out. And that's likely the first round matchup. It's not 100% set in stone yet. Um, and so what I – there's a couple of good things to pull off from that game. They, there's, a, some, there's some hatred there. Lucic oh. was on all cylinders last night. That big hit he threw on, I forget on who, on the board. Duchesne. Oh. Yeah buried him uh keep going but i i got a lot to talk about this series if it comes to fruition yeah and then he fought uh borowiecki and and beat him pretty good too i'm sure i butchered that name um but there's some bad stuff bad news came out of that game but before i get into that what's your what's your take here if this series happens if this is a first round matchup this will be must watch hockey these two teams are built very similar i think top to bottom calgary is better than Nashville in every single way. Their first line is better. Their second line is better. And down the line, they're built very similar where they have very physical fourth lines, very physical third lines. They don't back down. They have defensemen who can throw their weight around and they play the game the same way. They play a heavy type of hockey game. They lean on you. They try to intimidate you and they try to win the game by punching you in the face, throwing the puck in the corner and going and getting it. Like I said, Calgary's better at every aspect of that. But the game that we saw last night, I loved it. 
I loved every minute of it. Nashville came out. They tried to assert themselves. Calgary pushed back. There was a, a little matchup between Kachuk and someone else. I can't remember who he was stick swinging with. Lucic and Borowicki came out to you know let the dust settle to figure things out. Lucic, he's a tough, he's a tough customer. If he brings it, all these playoffs, the way he brought it last night, and he's been having a good year, Luch. I'll give him that. He, he's kind of resurrected his career. I think he's embraced a fourth-line role where maybe a couple of years ago he was still in the thinking of, well, I'm a second-line guy. That's where I belong. And he, he really couldn't swallow the pride a little bit to maybe in, embrace being a fourth-line guy, only getting 10, 7 to 10 minutes a game and making an impact that way, fighting a little more, maybe getting in on the forecheck and hitting a little more than he had in years prior. He's been playing some of his best hockey this year. And you saw it last night. He had a good assist. He beats the doors off Mark Borowicki, who was one of the toughest guys in the league. He's a gamer. He's getting in on the forecheck. He buries Matt Duchesne. He was a difference maker on the fourth line, getting limited minutes. That's That was the perfect game for Milan Lucic. And if these two teams play like that in the playoffs, it's going to be fun. It's going to be very, very fun. But like you were alluding to, the bigger news coming out of this game the Nashville Predators, one of their MVPs, I, I will say Roman Yossi, he is the biggest MVP on this team, but very closely behind him is UC Soros. He went down. To, and how does it look coming into Nashville? News on UC Soros. It doesn't look good. And it's funny, too. You, you compare the matchups. So like, okay, Calgary's better up front. Defense is closer. We might give that to, to Predators, maybe. And goalie's really close, too. I mean, Markstrom and, and, and Saros are both two of the top five goalies in the league. But Saros got hurt last night, left in the third period, um, couldn't put any weight on his left leg going down the tunnel, which is not good for a goaltender. No reports yet, but the reaction last night on, on hockey Twitter wasn't good. And he's having the best season of his career. Like, he's got 38 wins, 918 save percentage, less than three goals against per game. Like, he's doing really, really well. He's been an elite goaltender all season. How bad is this for the Predators? Is this like a – Is he if he's out, is this a death blow for them? Do they, do they have any chance? You know, they didn't have much of a chance, even with UC Soros. But when you lose him – it's tough. It really is tough. Yes, they, you know, they were smart. They went out and got Dan Riddick, who has been a starter in this league. And oddly enough, he was with the Calgary Flames. He, he has history with the Flames. So that could be, you know, a little revenge factor for him. He wants to prove himself that he maybe Calgary should have kept him instead of letting him go when they let him and Mike Smith go. They were the tandem there at the time. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think you can overcome this. You see Saros, he is a Vesna candidate. He is a top-tier goaltender. He has kept them in a lot of games this season, and he makes up for what mistakes Nashville makes. They don't make many. They're a very well-coached, well-disciplined team, much like the Calgary Flames, but he does make some highlight reel saves sometimes, and he is a good goaltender. So, yeah, this, this is it. This, this is – if there ever was a chance, they needed UC playing his best. So, if this is a matchup, I don't know if Dallas overtakes Nashville. This, this changes the matchups altogether. But if it stands today, they play Calgary. I, I don't see them winning this series. I do think they'll win a couple games just because they're, they're a good team and they match up well with Calgary. But uh, I, I don't see them winning four in this matchup, no. Yeah, it's, it's too bad. I hope, you know, he's not up for any, any length of time. And I was just thinking about, like, what a treat it is. Because when you have a, a franchise goaltender who's setting all these records, who's, who's in an elite goaltender for 10, 15 years in Pekka Rene, you're not supposed to have another elite goaltender right away. Like, it doesn't usually work like that. And it's got me thinking about all these franchises that have kind of 
lucked out or drafted well, scouted well, developed well with the Predators with Renee and Saros, the Penguins with Fleury, Matt Murray, and, and Tristan Yari. Matt Murray, you know, kind of hasn't been dumpy the last couple of years, but he won him a cup. Bruins, Tim Thomas, Vezina two-time, going to, to Rask for 12 years, and then potentially Swayman right now. Rangers, obviously Lundqvist, then go right into Shesterkin as soon as he retires. Um, and other franchises go decades, it seems, without finding their guy. You got the Oilers not really getting a goaltender. The Flyers, potentially Carter Hart, but not looking good anymore. The Leafs, the Sharks. Is this like a stroke of luck? Is it? Is our team just that much better at drafting? Like, how does it? That's just the way it works out sometimes. What? What do you think? No rhyme or reason. I don't know if they have a good goaltending coach or whatever the reason is, but it. it it is kind of striking when you, when you look at the franchise goaltenders who stick around for a long time. Like Rene was there for a good decade. Saros will be there for another five, six years. Same thing with the Penguins. I don't know. I, I know there's good goaltending coaches. I know there's bad goaltending coaches. I work with the goaltending coaches a lot being – I used to, excuse me, I, I'm doing using present tense like I'm a somebody anymore. But, I, you know, they would grab me to do shots before practice, after practice, just because I was the extra guy. And you can tell who is a good you know, goalie coach. You can tell the way they interact with the goaltenders, the drills that you do, the bad ones. They just, you know, they shoot from the slot, you know, and then shoot from here, shoot from there. The good ones, they, they talk to the goalies. You're moving around. They're working on their angles. They're working on this and that. They're trying to improve their game, their glove position, their blocker position, this and that. And they must have a good goalie coach with the Rangers. You know, Lundqvist wasn't a, a high prospect when he came out. He wasn't this this prize player and yes he had to work at his game but he he made himself into a hall of fame goaltender the same thing with Rennie. when he came out he wasn't this you know prize eh, who knows maybe they just relate bloomers i don't know what it is but it, gosh it is a luxury to be able to plug and play a goaltender 60 65 games a year and know you're getting a grade a goaltender every single time without having to worry about you know is he going to be good this night is he going to be bad this night it's a luxury and you see the teams that fail you see the teams that and this goes against my my mantra of what it takes to win a Stanley Cup. You need strong down the middle, good on the back end, and not a really a high-end goaltender. You need a goaltender who's serviceable. You need a goaltender who's going to stop the puck when he's supposed to stop the puck. That's all you want at the end of the day. You don't want a guy to let in a beach ball. That's all coaches care about. If you get beat on a two-on-one, so be it. You can't let a leaky puck through. You can't let a puck that's from the blue line completely, you know, straight at you without any screens or anything going you have to save the shots that need to be saved so these guys are that and what more can you ask for tim but yes to go back to your point it is funny it is funny and how how much would a team like the flyers or the leafs or the oilers die to have a guy that they can just put in the net and say okay we're good we don't have to worry about anything they're paying guys to do that carter hart's got a big fat contract he can't do it it's not like they haven't been trying and then the Leafs, they had Freddie Anderson. They let him go to Carolina, and all of a sudden, Carolina, he's the guy. I said it before the Leafs. I said they should have never let him go. He was a good player. He was not the problem on that team. He never was, and he got blamed for a lot of stuff that, that was nothing that he could control. Nothing at all. Nothing, Tim. They traded a few players you, you told them not to. but oh, um, Stupid Leafs. Jake Gardner. Anyway, so I can't wait till uh, Jake Kadri. gets his ring. <clears throat> Kadri. The, the the amount of players that they've traded who have gone on to success, it's a laundry list. Laundry list of players. What else uh, okay. 
So speaking of the Hurricanes, they clinched the Metro last night with a win over the Rangers. So more than likely, like 90%, they're going to play the Bruins in the first round. There's a couple scenarios in which the Bruins, the Bruins won't finish worse than um, worse than first in the in the wild card. They could they could end up flipping, jumping over the the Lightning, um, but most likely not. And so yeah, we'll likely see that rat, that matchup. And the Bruins actually had a good statement win over the Panthers last night, um, four to two with an empty net goal. Looked really really good. And the Caps lost, failed to make that ground, which separated that divide. And so, yeah, the Bruins and and the Lightning kind of fighting for that last spot. Yeah, Lightning will, Lightning will be in the top three in the Atlantic. The Bruins are in the wild card. If I'm the Bruins, I don't want to get into the third position in the Atlantic. Why would I? That means I have to play the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round. And then if I get by them, I got to play the Panthers. No, thanks. No, thanks. I'd rather play the Carolina Hurricanes in the first round and then deal with the Rangers or Pittsburgh. That's that's where I want to be. I think when you look at the, the different divisions in the Eastern Conference, I think the Atlantic has the juggernaut teams. you got Florida, Toronto, Tampa Bay. Those three teams to me, a little scary. When you look at the Metro, there's some question marks on every single team. Carolina, goaltending, who knows what's going to happen there. Forwards, not very proven. Maybe you can push them around a little bit. Rangers, very young team. Very, very young team, unproven in the playoffs. Panarin just got injured. He's up in the air. Pittsburgh, old, old veteran team, bad, bad defense. So every team has question marks in the Metro. So if I'm the Bruins, I'm just like, I'm good. I'm good, bro. I'll stay right where I am. Washington's not going to catch me. I don't want to catch Tampa Bay. I have the easiest path possible to make the Stanley Cup finals is right where the Bruins are sitting. And so I think they played this, not that they did this by design, but I feel like they're good with their position. They've proven they can compete with the top teams. Like you said, they beat Florida, they beat Tampa Bay, they've beaten all these teams. They just have to go out there and they have to be consistent. You have to make sure that your secondary cast is good. You got to make sure Taylor Hall's playing well, Hall is playing well, DeBrus can keep up with those guys. Other than that, I think we're all set. You know, they went out. Is Lindholm back? I haven't even – is he back, Tim? I don't know. He's not, but he's close. They're not rushing him. So if you get him back, they're a dangerous team. They're a really dangerous team. And Carolina right now, somewhat limping. Not really. They've been playing okay. Their top guys haven't been scoring of late. Their third line's been carrying them a little bit down the stretch. If their top guys can kind of maybe pick it up a little bit, the Shvechnikov, the Aho, the Jarvis. Well, I don't want to say Jarvis. Jarvis has been on fire. Like, absolutely. Remember I said that about two months ago? I said, watch this young kid, Seth Jarvis. He's going to be the guy on this Carolina Hurricanes team. I think at that point he was on the third or fourth line. Fast forward to now. I don't want to say I told you so. He's on the first line. He's carried this team for the last couple of months. He's been unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. What are you shaking your head, Tim? No, I'm, I'm nodding. I'm nodding yeah. in affirmation. I remember he's, you saying that. He's been really, really good. So if they can get Aho maybe back up to speed, I don't know what's wrong with him. Tuevo Teravainen has slowed a little bit, but Nito Niederreiter, Niederreiter, say that name three times fast, <laughs> Jordan Stahl and Jesper Fast, they've been good. And you throw Derek Step on in the fourth line center role where he's customarily been a first line centerman. They got a good third and fourth line. So they need to get those first two lines up to speed. Then they'll be they'll be really dangerous. But that's their question mark. Who knows how those first two lines are going to perform in the playoffs? So if I'm the Bruins, I'm liking my matchup versus the Hurricanes for whatever reason. I think I have a better first line. I think I have a better second line. 
And then it comes down to the third and fourth line. You know, can Charlie Coyle be the difference maker on the third line? Thomas Nozick, not backing down from Char the other day. I like that. Getting in his face. But, you know, can those guys really make a difference in the playoffs? Nick Felino, maybe right the wrong that happened when they got him and spent so much to get him. So I like the Bruins. I like them a lot. You got Lindholm and McCoy, whatever it is, Tim. Whoever they play, uh, they're going to be a tough out, especially if they play the Hurricanes. That could be a huge upset. That could be a very big upset in the Eastern Conference. What else are we doing? So the last one that we want to touch on, and we mentioned a little bit already, the Vegas lost in a shootout again. But Good they're riddance. Not Good. They're not out of it yet. They're not. They're, they're done. They're Stick not. a fork. So listen, they're done. Um, both them and Dallas have 80 games played. Dallas has 95 points. They have 91, which means, you know, if Dallas wins out and Vegas loses, Dallas – um, sorry, the other way around. If Vegas wins out, Dallas loses both games. Vegas has a tiebreaker because they have more regulation wins. It's not gonna, we should, I don't want to waste much breath on this. It's never going to happen. <laughs> you don't know. The thing is, though, Dallas plays Arizona tonight. At yeah, home. And All Chicago. they need is one point. Yeah, so they'll get one point tonight at least. If Then, then they play Chicago. Tim, no, we're not doing it. They're going to lose. When I get upset like this, I need some food and I, I use DoorDash. It, it's, it calms me down. When I get fired up and my, the listeners can tell I'm getting, I'm getting worked up. So let me just pull out my phone, order DoorDash and get myself some comfort food. It'll be here in 20 minutes because DoorDash is, is one of the fastest food delivery services in the world. They really are. If you want it fast and you want it hot, use DoorDash. And guess what, Tim? They get a, you get a little cherry on top of that dessert. You get a little money off if you use our promo code GloVesDDUS if you're in Traverse City, Michigan or the United States as a whole. If you're in Canada... Use Gloves DD. You get the same deal. 25% off free delivery. It's an unbelievable deal. It's a fantastic company. Tim uses them. I use them. And I especially use them when Tim just says all these asinine things and I get so worked up. And I'm like, do you even know what you're talking about, Tim? There's no way Vegas is going to make that eighth seed. It's just, let's just don't fool the fans. I'm just Build saying, up math is there. You're no. a math guy, John. No, I, I'm also a realist. So use DoorDash. Phil, hey, did you go ahead when you were getting chirped for being the, the fourth line grocery stick that you were? Did anyone ever do the uh, the sign stick chirp to you? Offer to sign no. a stick for you? What's Matthew that? Kachuk last night was was chatting, beefing with a with a rookie or a young guy on uh, Nashville, and he offered to sign a stick for him as like he's a fan or something, or like like he's a visitor. I thought it was a pretty good chirp. It would have backfired on Matthew Kachuk because I would have been like, yes, please. Get it to me after the game. I would really enjoy that. Uh, I I was not too proud to ask players on the ice for autographs at times. Like, hey, man, love a stick after the game. Love love that. So if, if Kachuk was chirping, joke's on you, Matthew. We have a verbal contract. You owe me a signed stick, my friend. I'll see you after the game. Thank you. Did anyone ever ask you for that before the All-Star game? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, nobody wanted anything of mine. No, 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 no. Even like teammates, I would like have my sticks. Like, anybody want one? No, nobody. After the game, I was a little more popular. Don't get me wrong. I was getting a little bit more of a request. But yeah, you know what? I, I will take that back. The only guy who wanted a stick for me was George Peros. But I think it's because I wanted one from him. And he just felt like he needed to ask me for one. So I asked his trainer, I'm like, hey, can Georgie sign me a stick? And he had a cool stick. It was custom made. He had like a gold leaf mustache. 
near the bottom of the stick. So it was really neat. And he signed it to me. We both played for the Chicago freeze. Like, Hey, John, two guys from the freeze in the NHL. Cool. All the best, John. Then I just signed him one over. Yeah. You broke my nose in Florida a couple of years back. Awesome, John. So that was the only time someone wanted my stick, but yeah, like I said, I think it was more out of pity. He probably just threw it in the trash. As far as I know, he's, you know, gave it away to a fan, whatever. But no, Tim, no one's ever used that shirt. I know you're trying to bring me down. It's not going to work. That's a, that's awesome. a pretty good one, though. Made me right, laugh. Let's talk, about, let's talk about, um, I want to talk about the Avalanche. Now, we've been talking about the Western Conference quite a bit lately, just because there's been so much happening, a lot of shuffling of positions, a lot of unknown. Now that we have a, a solid eight, I, I think we can agree on that for the most part. Let's look at the team who's been at the top of the standings for the whole entire year. A team who started, rightfully, they started a little slow. They found their game, and they've just been light years ahead of every, every team in this conference. Until the last couple of weeks, the Avalanche have just, I don't want to say lost their game. Maybe they don't have the motivation that they had at the beginning of the year or in the, in the middle of the year when they were trying to find their game. They've been skidding. They had a big win last night versus St. Louis to kind of right the ship a little bit. But in their last 10, they're six and four. I think they just got off of four before the win last night versus St. Louis. They had gone four games without a win. Is this a concern for the Colorado Avalanche? They, they've the last few years failed in the playoffs epically. Sky high expectations every single offseason. Joe Sackick is a master when it comes to you know contracts, attaining players, trades. We talked about the Nazim Kadri trade with Toronto. Totally picked their pocket with Tyson Berry. A lopsided trade, if you ask anybody. Are they coming down to earth? Is this just a prelude to Colorado just letting us down again in the playoffs? Well, I think you could look at it the other way and say this is a team that probably learned from past mistakes and they're conserving some, I don't, I don't know how you want to put it, conserving energy, conserving a little bit of, of how they play on the ice to Save it for the playoffs, because like you said, they, they've been a first or second round loss the last few years, which has been disappointing given the expectations for them. So now they're kind of learning, I hope, to say, OK, these last few games don't matter. We, we've clinched our spot. We know where we stand. Let's let's save it for the games that, that do matter. So that's what I hope is going on. But they do look human. You said it the other day on last on last week's show is like they look human all of a sudden. We, we barely talk about it just because they're like an automatic top team in the league, automatic first first spot, don't even really need to talk about the story there but they're there and 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 it's hard to say copper bust is the destination for them when for a group that hasn't made it out of the second round yet but they're they're pretty close like what is it what is it what does it have to take for them to not be a disappointment this off this postseason you have to make the cup finals you have to you've been one of if not the best team in the regulation for years now you've you've got president's trophies banners hanging in your in your rink like they, they jumped onto the scene in 2018. They lost in the first round, rightfully so. It was a young team, kind of surprising results. The next year, they win in the first round, great. They lose in the second round. The year after that, President's Trophy, win in the first round, lose in the second round. Last year, win in the first round, lose in the second round. You cannot keep doing this. And, and I know you say, well, they've learning from their mistakes. If they would have learned from their mistakes, they would have won two years ago or last year. I don't know. I don't know what else they have to do. They have to make it to the Stanley Cup. That's what they have to do. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. They they can't win one round or two round or make it to the Western Conference Finals. With the way the West is shaking out this season, 
with the amount of, I don't want to call them weak teams because there are strong teams. Minnesota's strong. St. Louis is strong. Calgary is strong. Everybody else is, they're noticeably a step behind. But Colorado is noticeably head and shoulders above all of those teams. When you look at the way they're made up, when you look at the salary, how they're constructed their team, they have a lot of good contracts. They have a lot of good players. They have to win this year. This is it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. This, this is the last team they'll have this group of talent. This, this, it's, it's impossible to say that they can't get to the Stanley Cup Finals and say they have had a good season. They can't. They have to win it this year, Tim. There's no other way. They're going to lose Burakovsky this, uh, after this year. They're going to lose Kadri after this season. They're going to lose Manson and Murray on the back end. They're not going to be able to keep all these guys. This is their season. That's it. I, I don't know if there's any other way to say it. If they don't win this team this season, they're a, fa- they're a failure. I, I, I don't know how you can win this many President's Trophies and not even make it to the Western Conference Finals in the last couple of years to not be a failure. So there's a lot of pressure on them going into the playoffs. They have that history. They have that track record. They're the Toronto Maple Leafs of the Western Conference. They need, they need to slay the dragon. They need to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. That's the only, that's the only result that absolves them of the past four years. Whereas the Toronto Maple Leafs, I think if they get to the Eastern conference finals, that's a success for them. So that that's my opinion. So if they make it to the finals and they lose to a Tampa or Florida or something, you're not calling that a total failure. That's, that's no, I think step. that's a step in the right direction for them. I think that's a f- obviously not what they wanted, but I think it's, I think you can look back and say, okay, that was a su- successful team. You just want to get to the dance, you know, and just prove yourself versus the best right now. They, they lose in the second round every single year. So it, it's frustrating when you have this talent, when you have this potential and, and it just goes absolutely nowhere. Like uh, it's frustrating because they have a great on paper. They're the best team in hockey, in my opinion, maybe them in Florida go back and forth. But when you have a back end that they have guys that are potentially like Kale McCarr might go down as the best defenseman in history. If it keeps up this pace, that's not a stretch to stay. And you have a guy to ride shotgun and Devin Taves, who is a perfect complement to him. You got Samuel Girard, who does have defensive lapses, but he's a really good player. Josh Manson, they bring in to supplement his defensive weakness and to just be a good, solid rock to him. Their top four is better than any top four in hockey right now. Arguably, arguably. But it, then you look at their but, forward group, it lights out. It's lights out, Tim. So if they lose in seven in the Western Conference Finals to Calgary, that's a failure. Failure. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think Calgary has the expectations that Colorado has. Calgary could flame out in the second round. Yeah, it's a disappointing season, but no one expected them to be here. At the beginning of the season in the Western Conference, there was only two teams anybody was talking about. It was Vegas and Colorado, right? Who else? The Oilers had massive questions. Calgary was an unknown. They struggled last year. Everybody in California stunk. There was nobody else. Vancouver, maybe they would have a bounce back here. It was Vegas and Colorado. Vegas is gone. So this is their year. Like, uh, this is it. If they can't get to the cup finals this year, I don't want to say heads need to roll because you can't fire Joe Sackick. He's, he's built this team masterfully. He has superstars on this team making $7 million. He has superstars on this team making $6 million. Guys who should be getting paid $10, $11, $12 million in Landeskog and McKinnon. Like their highest paid player is Miko Ranton, and he's the third best player on their team, maybe the fourth best player on their team. So 
yeah, it's uh, this is it, man. It's 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 do or die this year. And I'm even giving him the luxury of not having to win the cup. Just get there, and it'll be a successful season, I think, for for that for that team. So it's, gosh, if they lose, oh, it'll be terrible. All right, let's do some quick hits, Tim. Let's get out of here. Matt, uh, Matthew scored his 60th goal of the season last night, which is the first Leaf to ever do it. Um, first time he's done it, obviously. Really, really cool. First time we've seen that in a while. Yeah, I think the last time was Stampos, oh, gosh, over 10 years ago. So it, yeah. it doesn't happen that often, especially in today's, you know, salary cap era, defensive hockey, trap style of hockey. I, I think it's a big deal. 60 goals. And he even struggled out of the gate. Imagine if he was, you know, healthy, not dealing with that wrist injury, he'd be sniffing 70. So good for Matthews. He's, he's a pretty good score, not the MVP of the league, but he's, he's a good score. So good for Austin Matthews. Speaking of Stamkos, he had a hundred points for the first time in his career. That surprised me. Did that surprise you at all? It does. It does. From from how he started his first five, six, seven years, I would expect him to have a hundred every single year. But like we talked about a few weeks ago, the point totals of the NHL were so low when I came into the league. Like who had some guy had 84 points in and led the league in points one year. So it just 87, uh, Jamie Ben. Yeah. 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 So it, I guess when you think about that, it's not surprising. But yeah, a hundred points. I think there's gonna be 10 guys this year who crack a hundred. Which is which is a good sign for the NHL wanting offense. It's it's a, a trend in the right direction for Gary Batman, as Joe Biden would say. You know you know it's interesting. So Jamie Bett had eighty seven points in fourteen fifteen season. You retire a year after that, and now guys, you got twenty guys are getting hundred points. I'm not saying I know the difference between causation and correlation, but you're not in the league anymore. These numbers are being put up. There's, there's something to be said for that, I think. It could go both ways. It could be I'm not an offensive player, not giving these guys you know, the, the puck in the right place. Or maybe I'm just extremely good at defense, Tim. I, I don't know. Maybe two things can be true at the same time. Maybe that's the case. Maybe I lack a little bit on the back end or the, the, the offensive side, but I'm just a dy- dynamic defensive player. I like to think it's both. Another uh, record last night, although not a good one. So many records. So many records. The Blackhawks. Why don't you talk about, tell us about this one. So, you know, it's not a record you want to be associated with. It's not a good one. So the Chicago Blackhawks have played 80 games this season. 80 games. They've had, I don't even know how many power plays. They have not gotten a power play goal from a defenseman all season long. That's a remarkable stat. There's only one team in NHL history that has gone the whole season without getting a goal from their defense on the power play. And that was the Buffalo Sabres, I believe in 1971, 72, if my memory is correct. So it's been 50 years since this has happened. And the Chicago Blackhawks are knocking on the door. And Eric Gustafson was um, posed this question, I think a couple days ago, just a reporter saying, hey, um, Eric, have you heard this You know, stat? What are you guys thinking? He's like, we are talking about it as a defensive group. <laughs> we actively talk about it. We do not want to have this record. And he said, we're just going to fire everything on net, every single power play. And it's not like they don't have offensive defensemen. If my memory also serves me correctly, I think they pay one of their defensemen like $9.5 million, don't they? And wouldn't you think when you get a guy like that who'd be pretty good on the power play and just get you some points? I don't know. It's just me. I'm just spitballing. But they have, you know, Gustafson is a power play guy. That's what he's known for. They got Seth Jones. They got 
Well, I guess Calvin DeHaan, not really. Jake McCabe, not really. Eh, Caleb, yeah, I don't know. They don't really have an offensively gifted defenseman, so that might be the reason for it. But not a good record to go down with. But, hey, it's a record all the same. So another one, chalk it up. Another record in the record books this year. When another another former Bruins kind of having this little resurgence this year with making his, his presence known on the ice, Chara, again last night. So the other day he, he was bullying uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. The whole three team. Of them. The whole yeah. team. And then there was a, he had another incident too. What did he do last night? He gets into it with um, somebody from – I don't even know who they played. I just saw the replay. And it was a guy who he fought. It was Nashville, wasn't it? Na- no, gosh, pull it up no. for me, Tim. I don't even know who they played last yeah. night. It was Tremelin he got into it with. And Tremelin fought him a few years ago when he did pretty well versus him. So Chara saw the opportunity. Tremelin went in and kind of pasted somebody against the boards, and Chara came in and fought the guy, jerseyed him. They played the Capitals. But just he's been he's got to be in his bonnet lately, Zidane Chara. He's been a, he's been it. just a salty. Do you think he's trying to prolong his career? He hasn't mentioned anything about retiring, has he? Have you seen anything that he said this is his last kick at the can? He's done. No, I wonder I if he's trying to send a message for next year for the Islanders, saying, "Hey, I'm still useful. I'm still a physical presence. I'm still I can still move around around here." He just scored his first goal for the Islanders, I think, a week ago, a couple weeks ago. Maybe he's making a game, making a push to to get a new contract from Lou. We'll see. But he's still tough. Like he he beat this guy up. He jerseyed him. The ref should have jumped in, by the way. Once the jersey's over the head, you step in right away. You have to stop that fight. But again, like I said, the visors, Chara hits him. The visor cuts the guy's eye. Who knows how deep it goes? Get rid of the visors. It does more harm than good in the fight. It's cutting guys' hands up. It's cutting guys' faces up. It's a bad idea. One of these times, mark my word, someone's going to throw a punch. The visor's going to crack. And someone's going to get stabbed in the eyeball. You heard it here first. It's going to be a bad ending. Or something else, someone's going to throw a punch. It's going to cut the tendon on their hand. And they're going to be lose use of their hand somehow. You heard it here first. It's going to happen. Pfizer's are a bad idea when you fight. Dangerous. Very, very dangerous. All right, one more quick point. Big part of the Leafs, Michael Bunting. Potential Calder Trophy candidate. Having a great rookie season, even though he's 35 years old. He's hurt. And his status for the playoffs is questionable. He kind of got tangled up behind the net the other night in the game, twisted his knee, doesn't look that bad. But after the game, Sheldon Keefe came out and he said, it's not looking great. I guess he woke up, he felt better. But something to keep an eye on. Everybody thinks of the Leafs. They think of, oh, they got Matthews, they got Marner, they got Nylander, they got Tavares. Bunting is a big part of that first line. I know he doesn't do a lot on the you know score sheet, Keep an eye on it, Tim. If he's out for a couple games, that's a that's a big deal for them. Yes, Kirk Foot can come maybe slide in and limit the the effect of him being out, but that that affects your first line big time. It takes Kirk Foot off the third line. It's a big deal if he's out. So we'll keep an eye on that. We'll keep an eye on Saros. We'll keep an eye on the Carolina goaltenders goaltending situation. You know what else we're gonna keep an eye on? Points bet. Keep an eye on your bank account as it rises and increases because Tim, he is the master of the games being picked for money. Who are we winning money on tonight, Tim? Make me some money. There's there's five games tonight. Let's do them. Let's do them all. You got the Flyers let's, playing. We're gonna do it live. He said we're doing it. We're <laughs> we'll doing do it live. 
<laughs> Just read it what off. What got? does that mean? Uh, <laughs> flyers, Flyers against the Jets in Winnipeg. Another just meaningless game. It's in Winnipeg. They're going to want to close out their season for the fans at home. Thank them for another failure of a season. The Jets are going to take this one, Tim. You got to give it to the Jets, right? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Canadians against Rangers in New York. I kind of like the underdog in this one. Not me. Rangers are playing for something. They want home ice advantage. I'm taking the Rangers all day in this one. They they won't get it. They're, they're, the Hurricanes have clinched. So They've clinched first, but they want home ice for Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to happen. I, I like. So you think they're going to oh, beat the Canadians? I think the Canadians are going to win tonight. You oh, you think they're going to lose? All right. Yeah, I'll bet you a hundred dollars. I'll give you odds, three to one odds. So you win three hundred, I win one. Uh, no, thank you. All right. I already have. I already put all my money in points bet. You did. Um, all right. Who do we got? The Hawks and the Blackhawks, or the Knights and the Blackhawks uh, next? <laughs> I think it's gonna. I think Vegas is gonna win. It's gonna be a little too little, too late. They're finally gonna get this win that they needed so bad, but um, I don't think it's gonna matter. I think they continue the trend of just laying an egg in a very important game. Did Jack Eichel get any points last night? By the way, oh, I don't know. Probably not. They're gonna lose in a shootout tonight. That's what, they're That's what I was gonna say. Thank you for stealing my thunder. I'm taking mm-hmm. the Hawks in the shootout. We got the Coyotes Stars next. You got to take the Stars. Coyotes are already on vacation. They're they're gone. I don't even think they can ice a full team. You Jack Eichel did get an assist last night. Nice. Second assist. Meaningless, meaningless game. All right. I'm taking the Stars. You got the Stars over the Oats for sure. Uh, yeah. Tim, yep. come on. Kings, Kings cracking. Double special case. Who do you got? Kings. Kings move on. I'm taking the Kraken just because I think the Kings are in. Maybe they might not, you know, be fully there. Maybe dress the backup. Who knows? I'm taking the Kraken. For the W, lock it in. I'm, I'm going to get at least three of the five. Tim might get four of the five if that's possible. But anyways, everybody, we will not talk to you on Friday. I'm going to Buffalo to catch their home finale versus the Hawks. They're flying in the big guns to try to get the fans to re-up the season ticket total. So big guys going to Buffalo. It's going to be a blast. We'll talk to you guys on Monday. We'll do a little playoff preview. I love some playoff preview. I go deep. I deep, deep dive in the playoff preview. So we'll, we'll get to that on Monday. We'll recap all the exciting games. Thanks everybody for listening. We will catch you later. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening to dropping the gloves with John Scott, a member of the nation network of podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.